Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. JJ Live Q&A. Hashtag Ask JJ has been a bit light recently, now I think about it. Nevertheless, I'm not going to make a big deal about it because, you know, I think it's got enough traction now to be, you know, common parlance amongst uh, those that are in the know. But uh, anyway, yeah, if you've got any questions, then feel free to uh, to uh, hit me up with them, basically, because I will do my level best to answer them. Tidy the desk. You can't see the desk, which is probably just as well. Uh, because a little bit of just gets clogged up so quickly. Um, so yeah, if you've got a question, please ask. I would say, is my audio working on Facebook? Now I've got one eyeball, so I think I've got one person watching on Facebook. Um, is my is my uh, audio working on Facebook? Nice one, uh, sleeve by Dr. Ergin. Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Are you chilly? No, I, I, do you know what, Corin? I've got to be honest with you, it looks warm outside i always feel it a bit cold i don't is it me or is it not quite as warm as you might think so yeah i got my poncho on um because i'm a little bit you know just takes a chill off um yeah very very you know i'm i'm you know i often wear a scarf and things because i do feel that the temperature is not as, as warm as it looks i don't know if that's just me but um you know uh, i'm just as god made me so um you know, I can't, can't change that. So anyway, we've got some questions going on. I'm, I, I don't, I don't, last week they said the audio wasn't working. 212, is the audio working? 212. Uh, play test sound. There you go. So test sounds played. So I'm hoping the audio is working. Uh, never cast a clout. I think it's a clout, isn't it? Till May is out. Yes. And May is not out, is it? No, exactly. Well done, Bex. I agree with that. Um, so we're kicking off with quite an exciting one here. Um, oh, it's working. Thank God for that. Thank you, Sarah. Very kind of you to uh, to let me know. Uh, because, yes, I have heard that, uh, Bex, uh, about not casting a clout till May is out, and May clearly is not out yet. So what we got here is we've got a photo. So first of all, I want to thank uh, this individual for letting me show their photo. Uh, it's up on, um, look at that. It's up on Facebook, and it's up on uh, Instagram. You thought this couldn't get any better, and I don't know about YouTube. It's on YouTube as well, but look at that. Look at that for tech. So um, question, why is my tattoo not suitable for excision? So we get, um, we were talking to someone about, I was talking about someone the other day, wants to do an article on tattoo excision, and we get a few tattoos a day, basically, uh, sent to us photos and very happy to receive photos if you have got a tattoo and you want to know if it's suitable for excision please uh, send us a photo but um, the fact of the matter is I don't know what the exact number is but it's going to be something like 90% um, maybe more maybe 95% are not suitable for excision and um, don't want anyone to get upset with us so I always say look if they want us to show the photo let the, let's show the photo two one two one <laughs> look at that wobble um 
you know, uh, so I can explain myself. I mean, this, to be honest with you, sometimes they're a bit borderline, but this is um, not a borderline one. So this is the back of the legs. If you're not, uh, if you're not uh, orientating yourself, you can see um, the the, um, the crease of it behind the knee. And this is a, a very large tattoo. So the the criteria for a tattoo to be suitable for excision is the location and the size. So um, it's not just one or the other. It, it's both. So a big tattoo in a good location might be able to excise or a small tattoo in a bad location, you might not be able to excise. And um, this is both a big tattoo, it's too big and it's in a bad area. It's crossing a joint, which is a terrible thing to do to make a scar across a joint because it would mean that um, the, it could restrict the movement if the scar contracts. And it's just huge. Uh, so it's just completely not suitable. It's uh, way too big um and you just would not want to give someone a scar going all the way down their leg so really this is actually quite uh quite an easy one and I, it's i i find it kind of obvious that that one's not suitable for tattoo excision but maybe it's not obvious i mean i normally say i always say that laser is the first line of treatment for tattoos so i would say to this patient laser would be the first line of treatment but i understand why some people maybe it doesn't work or it's painful or it takes a lot of lots of um goes at it you know excision is uh often one session although this one's so big it wouldn't be one session but and it's you know guaranteed results but yeah this is not suitable because it's way too big and it's on the leg which is a really bad area there's not enough spare skin on the leg and I wouldn't want to put a scar going down all the way the back of, down the back of the leg there, particularly crossing over the joint. Because if a scar crosses a joint and then it contracts, it can make it tight to to, to move basically, and you wouldn't want to have give functional problems. So um, yeah, so but I would like to say thank you very much to the person for letting us show the tattoo. I do think it adds another dimension to these. I think you'll agree. Uh, give me a thumbs up if you agree. Hmm, yeah, thumbs up. Okay. Anyway, I think it does. I don't even know how you give a thumbs up, to be honest. Um, so there you go. So I, whoops, what have I done there? I've dropped myself down. So let's put that away. Uh, let's move. Oh, we've got a thumbs up, Corin. Thank you, thumbs up. There you go. So Corin agrees anyway. So Corin and I like the uh, photos. How do I now get rid of the photo? That's the next question. Stop sharing. There you go. Um, so. Sarah's got a question here. We've got the two Sarahs on Facebook. Welcome. Uh, how long after a tummy tuck can you get a tattoo to cover the scar up? Um, three months. Sometimes it's, I find the tattoo people are often more uh, cautious than we are. I mean, once the scar is completely healed, it, it'll probably still be a bit red at three months, to be honest with you. So six to 12 months, it'll be like starting to fade properly. But I would say minimum will be three months um depending i mean everyone heals differently you might be a bit sore might still be a bit red and active you probably wouldn't want to do it while it's still quite red and active so minimum three months maybe three to six if it's if it's um taking a bit longer to settle but uh, yeah perfectly reasonable if you want to do that to cover the cover the uh, uh cover the scar um is tummy tuck a dangerous procedure what are the risks i mean if you're asking me bluntly is tummy tuck a dangerous procedure which you wish you are then i would have to say yes it is it is a dangerous procedure it is up there to be honest with you with procedures which have risks and significant risks 
so there are different sort of um different like um i should have prepared this shouldn't i you know there are sort of minor risks and major risks if you like so the minor risks are things like wound healing problems scar scars not any risk is a definite um um, dog ears little bumps so these are all risks you know you could get a hematoma blood collecting inside you have to go back to theater seroma wound fluid collecting inside you have to have it drained off niggles and nuisances so these are sort of minor problems but there are also potentially significant risks with tummy tuck and the really thing the real thing that we really worry about with the tummy tuck is um dvt dvt and pe that's the big thing that's going to cause significant harm slash fatality i mean it can be fatal a dvt so it's not you know dog ears and seromas and hematomas are, are a nuisance but a dvt is a significant complication and you can get a dvt with any surgery so it's a risk with any operation because it's a risk with immobility it's associated with immobility so if you're lying there for a while you're, you're not moving so your blood can clot in your veins usually in the veins of your legs um while you're not moving because normally your leg muscles are pumping the blood around now with a tummy tuck because you are putting tension on the abdomen because you're closing that abdomen tight you're reducing the venous drainage from the legs so you're increasing your risk of dvt so a tummy tuck has got a higher risk of dvt than another operation you know than another, another operation that doesn't put tension on the tummy so that is the re real reason that a tummy tuck is a dangerous procedure um and there, there are lots of things we do to reduce the risk of dvt we use floatron boots which are these things around your cars that blow up we put these stockings on we give you injections of uh, clexane to thin your blood to reduce your risk of clotting um and really the best thing to do to reduce the risk of dvt is early mobilization getting up and walking basically um the sooner you get up and walk and move the less likely that you're going to have a, uh, a dvt so it's a significant risk and it can be fatal and that is that therefore does put tummy tuck in the category of a dangerous procedure having said all that it's not that common never had one never seen one like a dvt that is um so have i seen one i've seen one in other operations um but not for tummy tuck so it's not that common but it's something that we really do worry about because it is such a potentially significant uh, um complication so um yeah so it, it's not to be taken lightly i don't think any operation is to be taken lightly but i think in the risk world tummy tuck is up there um so it's just like anything you have to balance it against the benefits don't you risks versus benefits so yeah i hope that's uh helpful not don't worry too negative about it but it is something you've got to consider um sarah what you got uh, will having type 2 diabetes make healing slower that I'm on medication and insulin, but I have managed to get my diabetes under control and down to 35? So um, diabetes down to 35. Anyway, Sarah, in itself, diabetes will not make your healing slower. Um, no, uh, the medication you're on for diabetes will not make your healing slower. Your healing will be fine you have the main reason for diabetes being a problem for surgery is well the two two things first of all your sugars can be affected by having surgery so so you have to maintain and control your sugars 
during the time that you're having surgery because there'll be a period where you're not be eating and things like that so that's the first of all we have to maintain those sugars but the other thing is you're going to have an increased risk of infection so if you get an infection then yes your healing will be slower so it's a bit of a sort of secondary effect of it it's not a direct effect but uh, yes it, you have got a higher risk of getting infection and infection would mean that you would have a uh, an increased risk of them it taking longer to heal so i guess in that way i guess you could say it's going to make your healing slower but it, as i say it's not a direct effect it's it's the risk of infection that we worry about so yes you need to get your your healing your, your insulin right and your diabetes right you also need to get your weight right because having a higher weight will increase your risk of uh, wound healing problems so your weight would have an increased risk of wound healing problems specifically the diabetes it's mainly infection that we worry about with diabetes Jackie, what have you got? Jackie says, I had a tummy tuck five weeks ago, was never given blood thinners. Is there still a risk even now? No. No, um, it doesn't matter, Jackie. You don't, I mean, it's not 100% of people get blood thinners. There is obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but there's a bit, there's a risk with make, causing a hematoma with blood thinners. So some surgeons are a bit, you know, well, we're, we're a bit sort of, should we give blood thinners, should we not? Because the, um, the blood thinner will increase your risk of bleeding and you've just had an operation where they've done lots of cuts. So we don't want you bleeding, particularly forming hematoma and things. So it's not um, it's not like everyone will get uh, will get blood thinners, but um, the main risk is first, you know, the first days and weeks. So I think five weeks, you're pretty much out of the woods there, Jackie. Hopefully you're pretty, mo pretty mobile. Uh, and I wouldn't worry about the fact that you weren't given blood thinners. As I say, people might just use Flotron boots and uh, and um, early mobilization and TED stockings and things like that. That's perfectly reasonable uh, to do that, to just encourage people to get up and about, particularly if you're worried about, about bleeding. There's always a balance with these things. Sorry, I've just realized I missed something on um, here. I saw it come up. Uh, Bex has got, is tummy tuck similar to hysterectomy, which I've had as in pain and recovery? Bex... I think so. I, I did a poll on my Facebook. I've got the Facebook page like a, for patients who've been to the clinic. I did a poll a while ago um, saying which is worse, tummy tuck or hysterectomy, obviously for those who had both. I've, I think it probably about, I'm going to say it's about the same. Now, hysterectomy, you cut through muscle. You don't cut through muscle with a tummy tuck. But hysterectomy, you don't cut any skin out. So you don't have that sort of tight skin closure that you get with a tummy tuck. So it balances itself out. So I think it's about the same. I've got a feeling that quite a few people said hysterectomy was worse. Um, but I think it's up there. It's a similar sort of order of magnitude as a hysterectomy. Quiet in the kitchen tonight. Hope you don't tell them off. Lol. No, this is, they're all tired, you know, Bex. They're in there doing exams and stuff. I think everyone's tired. So, yeah, it's a bit, yeah, not much going on back there, is there? Um, God, no, I haven't told them off. I haven't told them off them do anything. How long do you recommend to have maintained a weight loss for two? For to have a tummy tuck i'm nowhere near the stage of this yet but just out of interest ideally size soap ideally uh six months would be the ideal you really need to um be true to yourself because if you have a tummy tuck and if you put on weight after your tummy tuck then um you're gonna affect the result of the surgery basically so you know your surgery you'll pay all that money you'll take all that skin off but the skin will stretch again if you put weight on so that is a worry if your weight is generally up and down it is a worry that um if you're not um stable that you might put weight weight on again so it's really to protect you rather than for any other reason uh, so if you've lost a significant amount of weight you need to make sure you're metabolically stable and you're not in a sort of breaking down sort of um stage we, we call it catabolic when you're losing weight you're in a catabolic state so which isn't great for wound healing so you want to make sure you're 
you know, if you've lost significant weight that you've maintained in terms of your mineral vitamin intake and your nutrient intake well, is enough for, um, you know, for adequate wound healing. So six months, I would say, is the norm, is the ideal. It's not written in, in stone. It's, um, it's, it's discussable discussable with the uh with the your surgeon but uh yeah uh i see maintain six months after go away there you go bex agrees with me there you go good to have a bit of independent uh uh agreement there um do we offer mini facelift with mass lift no do i need to you're welcome you're welcome soph is it so um do, do, do i need to expand so no i mean i i decided a long time ago really like 10 probably more 15 years ago god god i saw myself i went i was in liverpool yesterday and i went to the hotel and i saw the camera at the reception and i saw myself on the camera at reception and i thought who's that old guy standing behind that woman I realized it was me Thing is the beard i think the poncho ages me a bit as well but 10 15 years since i've done this sort of stuff good god so anyway yeah so anyway ages ago basically i i'd said i'm not going to do um faces so i don't do faces uh so yeah mini facelift smash lift things like that i don't I don't don't do it just do breasts and body tummy tucks breasts stuff stuff tummy stuff um so yeah so i can't can't really expand up good luck with that one get a face guy with that uh sarah what's going on thank you for answering my diabetes question i've lost three and a half stone wow well done i've got down to 11 stone five and got my bf down out of 24 wow awesome amazing sarah yeah be on be on 24 what are you on about you're just showing off now be on 24 is amazing i mean the main um number we work on in terms of bmi is 30 but even then that's not written in stone so uh, bmi 24 sarah is amazing and you lost three stone well done but as said earlier good to maintain that but uh, absolutely if you that, that sounds like you'd be a great well i say you'd be a great candidate you'd be a great candidate for somebody like if you've got excess um skin and, and fat on your tummy but uh, but yeah absolutely um and uh that's fine and yeah Oh, but the diet, that's right, the diabetes thing. So you've still got that, but you've got your weight right. So that's it. That's brilliant. Hold well on on that. Um, what's going on here? What's going on? It's okay. I'm in control. Bex, what you got? I'm six months post-op sleeve, not at goal yet, but looking forward to reduction in TT. Yeah, get yourself there, um, Bex. I lost 3.7 stone. BMI is high at 33. Yeah, we're well, doing well. You're well on track. I would say, Bex, you are well on track. So well done you. Pat yourself on the back. Give yourself a gold star, 3.7 stone, everyone. Sarah, three, three and a half. So we're doing well tonight. We've got good uh, weight loss stats on the uh, on the on the chat tonight. Um, so well done, everyone. But yeah, keep it up, Bex. Keep it up. Um, what we got here? I cannot tolerate sedation drugs in brackets propofol. Um, but I would like a breast reduction spelt wrong. What are my options? Where is Laren when we need her? There's a few Laren, if you're watching, there's a few spelling mistakes here tonight, my friend. 
you could argue I could have changed them when I typed it in, but I just copied and pasted, which I, you know. But anyway, uh, point in question, Brest. I think the Brest spelling here is a small town in France, and I think uh, it's traditional to put an A in Brest. But anyway, um, we're going to gloss over that because we're professionals. So um, cannot tell now, to be honest with you, this is an anaesthetist question. I would imagine it's all right. I don't know what that means. I cannot tolerate sedation drugs, propofol. What does it mean tolerate? I mean, does that mean allergy? Um, I'm sure there's some other options rather than propofol. I mean, propofol I know is a common thing, but there'll be loads of other options for, for uh, anaesthetic. He says, I mean, to be honest with you, we would check with the anaesthetist, full disclosure. I don't know anything about anaesthetics. I'll be honest with you. Um, surgery is the thrust of my, my, my business. Anaesthetics, but I'll tell you something, I know a guy who does. So if you want, whoever, I don't know who this is, who's asked this question, but if you want to know, then we could get, get in touch with someone. We could talk to the anaesthetist and say, look, is this going to be okay? Um, and I think they probably know, want to know a bit more about what the not tolerating sedation drugs is all about. But uh, I will, in principle, probably all right. Uh, what's going on here? Gastric, um, fantastic. Well done, girls. Susie, loving my new tummy, JJ. Thank you. Thank you, Susie, for commenting. You're awesome. Um, well done, everyone. Any weight loss ladies know how I can get my weight moving again? I'm on a two week stall. This is what we need. This is see. This is what we had last week, Bex, didn't we? We had a bit of interaction. We need some weight loss people to tell Bex what to do. Here we go. To, oh, it's so straight in. So not messing about. Soph's on it. Two weeks and no loss is normal. Just keep going and follow the process. Lots of water and protein. Let's double thumbs up that one. Snap that. Yeah. Uh, right. Nice one, Soph. So. Um, Gastric fantastic can help. There you go. Look at that. It's flooding in now. Two comments within moments. That is the power of when you get access to an influencer like myself. I can connect people. Yeah. So look, Dawny's just joined. Good to see you, Dawny. Right then, what we got? Uh, diabetes question. How long, Sarah? Confusing now. We've got two Sarahs, but we can work with it. Um, uh, we'll go with Sarah B and Sarah G. So this is Sarah B. How long after breast reduction, spelt right, Amy, take note, uh, would it be safe to fly, safe to fly, brackets, long haul? Um, right, Sarah B. Bottom line, nothing's going to happen if you get on an aeroplane the day after your breast reduction, right? I'm not saying to do that, but nothing's going to happen, number one point. So you can fly at any point. So if something, something happens, once you're healed, you can fly. Now, what I normally say is like it depends on what you're flying for. So if you're flying for a so I'm opening up this question a bit, Sarah B, because I know you've said long haul. But anyway, let's just say it's let's say let's say you didn't say long haul and just said flying in general. So if you're flying to go somewhere like short distance and um, you're going to go for fun, like for a holiday, for instance, then I would say, look, why put yourself through badness? Why put you know, you might be able to fly it three or four weeks, but it's going to be uncomfortable. 
you you, don't, you want to be fully mobile because DVT and PE, like we spoke about earlier, clots in your legs, is a risk with flying. So you don't want to multiply your risks of having recently had surgery. So I would say a minimum of six weeks um, for you to be comfortable, for you to carry bags and things like that. Now, your scars will still be red. You'll still, your shape won't be right and things probably won't be fully settled at that stage. But you'll be on the on the mend sort of thing. Um, so, uh, but if you wanted to fly sooner, you could, if you had to. Now, long haul, a bit of a different thing. Again, it depends. If it's work, you might be doing it a bit sooner than if it was for a, a, a pleasure trip sort of thing. Um, so if it's a pleasure trip, so I'd say if, if it's work, for instance, three months, I would say would be, uh, six weeks would be reasonable if it was work and you had to get back at the earliest available time. So I think six weeks would be reasonable to say you could, uh, think about flying long haul although i think it'd be a big deal uh it depends on the, what the work is if you're just going for a meeting sort of thing and not doing a big deal and then coming back type of stuff then maybe not too bad but if you're like doing something quite uh, active or if you're actually working on the plane then you might think oh crikey you want to be doing anything you know six weeks you're just starting to doing lifting and stuff so maybe a couple of months for that um but if it's a pleasure thing um then i would say or if you're doing heavy things or doing lifting and stuff with your work, I'm probably going to say more like three months would be like when you're starting to feel a bit normal and you might want to travel long haul. So if you had to, um, six weeks, if it, if it was like a, a optimal, I reckon three months, you're starting to feel human. It's starting, probably won't be fully settled even then, but you're starting to feel better around three months. So, um, yeah, that's where I would go on that. Um, now we've got that's Sarah B, we've got Sarah G, and now we've got Sue P is is in. Sue P, can you have breast implants removed and fat transfer in one surgery? Yes, you can, Sue P. Yes, you can. Um, yeah. The only thing I would say, Sue P, in my hands, full disclosure, just my opinion, fat transfer is subtle. So I don't know how big your breast implants are, but you're looking fat transfer, you're looking in my hands, 80, 100, maybe 120 cc's per side. Average implants might be 250, might even be 350, might be 400 cc, you know, so it's not as much as an implant, so it will be smaller. So you've got to think about that and factor that in. So if you're having implants removed and fat transfer, it's going to be smaller. So you're going to think, is the shape of the breast going to be affected? Is it going to droop and things like that? So, you know, in my hands, in my experience, you can't quite put back the volume of an implant with fat transfer, although you can do something and have some volume, so you've got to balance balance that up. Um, obviously, it depends on how big the, big the implant is, but generally speaking, the, the people with much smaller implants will have less volume to take the fat from. So it's not like, oh, it's okay, my implant's only 150. Then I'm thinking, well, you're probably quite slim. If you've got 150 cc implant, you probably, probably haven't got much fat grafting. So that doesn't make it. So I'm probably not going to be 80 to 120 with you. I'm going to be like 50 with you, you know, for the fat graft. If that makes sense. So less fat graft. That makes sense. Um, so yeah, can be done, but you have to be realistic about your um, expectations. That's the word. Um, Right, what's going on here? I can help. Yes, please, gastric fantastic. Oh, Bex wants help. With a balloon, you can't with a balloon, you can't fly no pressure like a helicopter. Okay. There you go. With a balloon, you can't fly fly no pressure like a helicopter. Do you get pressure with a helicopter? Maybe you do if it goes up high. Well, there you go, guys. Didn't know that. Um 
Does the TT involve drains? And you mentioned the injections afterwards. How long is this usually for? I hated the injections post-sleeve. So the TT in my hands does involve drains. So there are people who are using no drains. And I think the movement is towards no drains for general. And I am moving myself towards no drains. But the tummy tuck is one of those ones where I still do use drains. So I do use drains for tummy tuck. And the injections is, is, is until you're fully mobile, until you're out of the hospital, which is usually, to be honest with you, one night. So just use your one injection that night of the surgery, to be honest. So it's usually just one night in your tummy, injection in your tummy, and that's it. You go home. You don't go home with injections. We don't expect you to do it yourself or anything like that. Um, so it's just usually probably just one injection uh, that night just to uh, just to do that. So, um, yeah, not not a, not a uh, yes, plane is fine. Plane is fine. Oh, God. So plane is fine, but helicopter's pressurized. There you go. Who knew that? Not me. There's something there. Um, so T's here. Good to see you. So, uh, yeah. Can't fly no helicopter. You can't fly no helicopter after a sleeve, guys. Come on. Get out your helicopters, people. Right. Sarah Bourne. I'm a nutritionist. Can be many reasons. Oh, God. What was that? What was that referring to? I'm a nutritionist. Can be many reasons. I'm out of sync with the... Um, Was I talking something about um, Sarah Bourne? I know what it was. It was uh, Bex has stalled with her weight loss, wasn't it? Yes. So there you go. I think that's what it was. So Sarah says to Bex, Bex, it's because there can be many reasons. Maybe me not losing after sleeve. Maybe me not losing after sleeve. Great, thank you. Doing the injections myself was a hard part. Oh, yeah, well, you didn't do injections yourself, so. Um, Sarah G, I cut my carbs down, which knocks the pounds down. Getting lots of advice here. Um, Sarah B, a holiday. A holiday. Oh, was that the long-haul flight? So I'm going to say three months if it's still a holiday, Sarah, because you just want to enjoy your holiday, because it's a big deal, a long-haul flight for holiday. It's a big deal. I would give it three months. <clears throat> That was in answer to the weight stalling. Yeah, I got that. So the weight, so sorry, I got there in the end, Sarah. I got there in the end. So yeah, so the weight stalling is is uh, many, yeah, many reasons for that. Um, I eat in my sleep. I'm not joking. Right. Carbs, gosh, I must try. Yeah, I think it's cutting out carbs, not trying carbs, Bex, just to be clear on that. Um, right, shame to show this one now. Um, another one, Amy. If you're out there, lose is L-O-S-E, yeah? Because we've got a couple of looses here. Now, I know why. It sounds like it should be double O. Lose sounds like it should be double O, but lose has only got one O. So um, is it better to lose weight prior to having a breast reduction? What if I struggle to lose weight prior to surgery? Um, absolutely better to lose weight prior to surgery, no question. What if I struggle to lose weight prior to surgery? Well, if you struggle to lose weight prior to surgery, you're not alone. Because I think everybody struggles to lose weight prior to surgery, and it's extremely hard to lose weight prior to surgery. And what I try and do is I try and get on a conciliatory uh, um, agreement between us that we're both trying to 
get the best result. You, this, I don't have to tell you how expensive this surgery is. God only knows what a breast reduction costs. Arm and a leg, we're talking, we're talking an arm and a leg for a breast reduction. So it's an expensive one, not to mention the physical, emotional, God knows what trauma you have to go through. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. There's healing, there's scarring, there's all sorts going on there. So you want to have the absolute best result possible. And because this is elective surgery, it's planned surgery, it can be done at any time. It doesn't matter if we do it tomorrow or if we do it in six months or if we do it in three years. It really doesn't matter. You're not going to have any adverse effect by having it later, except for the fact that you're going to live with your breasts for that time. So obviously that's going to be an adverse effect. But there's no medical reason to do it sort of urgently. It's not like appendicitis or something. So we have to do it when you're in the best situation when you're in the best um best state and so uh ideally you need to lose your weight first because when you do a breast reduction you will always say to me where do you want to be um what do you want to be in terms of size and stuff like that and you get an idea and you try when you when you do the surgery you try and make the size look good you try and make it look good try making keeping the frame can never guarantee the size if you say i want to be a c cup or whatever might never guarantee but you try and make it look right if you lose weight after surgery, it's unpredictable what can happen to your, to your breasts. They might get smaller. They might not. They might stay the same, but they might get smaller. Um, so that is one thing. And also, if they do get smaller, if you do lose volume in your breasts by losing weight, then they might droop a bit because part of a breast reduction is a breast lift. So you tighten the skin as part of a breast reduction. So if you lose weight after surgery, you might find that they droop a bit. And that's not great because if you, tr you try and make the shape better when you do a breast reduction. So then if you lose a significant amount of weight but after surgery, then the shape can, can be affected and the size can be affected. Also, the higher your weight, the higher your risk of complications. So if you, if you can lose the weight first, then you're going to have less risk of complications, more predictable size and more predictable shape. So there's lots of reasons to loose the weight prior to having the breast reduction, if you can. What if I struggle? I, you know what, we need to get weight loss people. We need to get, we've got enough here tonight. We need to get weight loss people in the clinic because it's a nightmare what to do if you struggle. It's a, it's a whole thing in itself, uh, weight loss. It's not, again, a bit like faces and anesthetics. It's not my forte. You know, faces, anesthetics and weight loss are not my forte, um, but, and it is a big deal and it is difficult. I know that. Um, but uh, all I would say is, yes, if you can lose weight for, before surgery, it would be better. Lost control of Instagram, lost control. Or the worst thing I don't have. Oh, lost control. Don't have control. Right. OK. Uh, lot, cut out carbs. I don't have control. The worst thing is that I know my car. Me and my cat share foof. 9k with you jj breast right breast reduction 9k with jj okay there you go <laughs> i told you it was an arm and leg i told you it was expensive didn't i can you make a big person's reduction small as in a b cup bex no simple answer no first of all big person people often when they have breast reduction they often say i want to be really small i just can't want to get rid of them a B cup on a big person would look weird. You don't realize what a B cup would look like. So on, on a, someone who's got quite a big frame, it would look quite, quite flat. It would lack projection and it would look, look weird. The cup size is related to the back size. So a, cup, a B cup is not an absolute 
with size a b cup is different on different people so someone with a wider chest will have a bigger breast to be a b cup than someone with a narrower chest it's related to the size of your chest so um a b cup on a big person it would look odd so number one it would look odd and it would lack projection so what i try and do is i try and make it into a nice shape and i try and make it um look in keeping with your frame number two when you do a breast reduction you keep the nipple on a pedicle on a stalk of tissue that you then move up and that pedicle has volume so if you've got very large breasts in order to keep the nipple alive you're still going to have a fair volume of breasts afterwards so you i'll show you some of my photos or some of my cases where you can see them post-op and you think crikey they've had a breast reduction they've got huge breasts and then i show you the pre-op and you'll be like ah oh, right okay they were enormous so um unless of course unless you do a free nipple graft if you do a free nipple graft where you take the nipple off then you can make it smaller um so that's one thing but if you take the nipple off and put it back as a graft which i think is what people think you normally do for a breast reduction but it's actually quite rare at least in my hands it's quite rare to do a free nipple graft but if you do a free nipple graft then the nipple will lack sensation and it will lack projection um and it might become a bit, a bit depigmented it might lose a bit of its color so there are issues with doing a free nipple graft but it does make you can get it mean you can get it smaller so that might be something to think about uh, if you want them really small but you need to also think about the shape um because you know a lot of people say i want to be as small as possible but you know i don't lose much except especially for bot boys it's not easy or weight loss surgery isn't easy no yes i hate mine massive need them gone yeah oh god Wrong button. Oh God! How oh, I don't want to block. Sorry. Nearly blocked. Blocked you. But oh God! Cancel. I keep on trying to like the comment and nearly blocking you. Um, Louise Mitchell, how you doing? Good to see you, Bex. Yes, you should know me by now, JJ. Forty-two centimeter drop. Yes, it's all there, Bex. It's all there somewhere. It might not be at the front. It might be a bit further back. It's all there though uh 42 centimeter drop not messing about bex it's got a 42 centimeter drop so that's um that specialist right here we go sarah b i can be a weight loss specialist there we go we got a we got a job opportunity there live you saw it here first guys um this is already interesting and useful quick thank you sarah b um what we got well weight loss uh do we offer gynecomastia spelt wrong come on Lorraine. with the spelling here yeah, you may well hide where is she right uh so i mean i don't know where to start with the spelling of that gyno cam camestia sloppiness sloppiness right amy we'll be having words tomorrow um anyway we get the gist gynecomastia excess breast tissue in a male do we offer gynecomastic correction with transverse skin excision? This is a weird question. I've got a feeling that Amy's asked this question herself, which is odd because she's completely spoke gynecomastia wrong. But um, would a patient really ask that question? It's a bit of an odd question for a patient to ask. Anyway, we're not going to go into the motives behind the questions. We're just going to answer them. So yes, so basically gynecomastia is breast tissue in a male. Usually you address the breast tissue, which is dense glandular tissue, which you can often feel behind the nipple and fatty tissue. And you do that by doing liposuction to the fat and then making a little U-shaped excision on the incision on the areola to take out that dense glandular tissue. And that leaves a beautiful scar, very hard to see. You know, you can get some really nice results by doing that. Now, the transverse skin excision question comes in when people have got an excess of skin as well as the glandular and the fatty tissue behind the skin. So it's not that common, to be honest with you, the majority of people with gynecomastia 
just need the gland and the, and the fatty tissue removed and the skin to a degree will recoil but if the skin has if you've had a significant weight loss or if the skin has lost some of its elasticity or if you've got very big uh, breasts then we might need to cut the skin out now if we cut the skin out the problem with that it gives more scarring there's two ways you can cut the skin out you can do a circumferential um, skin excision where you take a donut of skin and then cinch it down gives sort of like a puckered scar around the areola and then there's a transverse skin excision which is probably the most um, comprehensive if you like way of doing it where you take a large ellipse of skin it, it is the best way to contour the chest if someone's got excess, excess of skin but it does give quite a long scar and we have to move the nipple and again well, not again, but we use a, often use a, a free nipple graft in those situations because you don't want to have a um, you don't want to have a pedicle behind that nipple because it might give a bump and might not look great. So um, so yeah, that is an option and um, not that common, but definitely an option. Um, um, well. So you really wouldn't like to take on 42 centimeter job, as you say, it's a specialty. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind taking on a 42 centimeter job, Bex. Uh, it's just a big job, that's all. Um, but it would, and that's sort of, if that's a fact, if it's sternum to, um, sternal notch to nipple is 42 centimeters, that sort of situation that I would be thinking about for nipple graft, to be honest with you. As having said, I don't do them very often. Those are the sort of patients I would do it on. Um, sort of once you get above, you know, 35, 40, then you're looking at serious distances for that nipple to move. So you might want to think about a free nipple graft. I think you should do videos of you doing surgery a day in the life of JJ. So do I, Susie. So do I. And we need to. We've done a few, Susie. We've done a few. Uh, and we need to get back into them and doing them. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yes, you see for my photos. Have I, Bex? As I say, it's all there, Bex. Not sure where it is there, though. That's the problem. It's in there somewhere. Um, but Corinne, yes, I do need to do videos. Yeah. No, Susie. I, the reason I say Corinne is I think Corinne said that before. But yes, Susie, we do need to do videos. And there are some, but we need to do more. And, uh, and again, I was thinking of Corinne because I was talking about doing a day in the life of last week or week before on Tuesday and saying, yeah, go for it. But they weren't that up for it because they thought it was like every, every day I was going to do a video, but it might be a bit excessive. Um, but yeah, we need to get a video videographer in. Um, do we offer removal of fat located under the armpit? So again, this is a question, but um, it, what I think people often talk about when they talk about low fat located in arm, armpit. So bottom line is do we remove fat located anywhere on the body yeah bottom line is try and find think of a place we don't remove fat intra-abdominal in, inside your bowels in your omentum that's about the only place in your brain got any fat in your brain i don't know but anyway you know that's it i'm trying to think of a body cavity where we wouldn't remove fat so basically we remove fat from anywhere basically but um, specifically this question often women have an extra bit of fat here 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 underneath their armpit here um, and it's actually accessory breast tissue um, rather than they often think it's a lipoma and things but it's a it's a it's a, like a, a sort of sausage shaped piece of fat just underneath the armpit above the bra 
uh, and people people don't like it. Um, and that, uh, I mean, still we can remove it. It's a bit of a thing to remove that if that is what this question is about. Um, that that specific problem there with that fat just there underneath the armpit, because it's um, it's it can be a bit of a challenge to know what to do for those situations because removing fat involves liposuction and liposuction you can hide the scars, particularly in these situations you can put them on lateral chest wall in the abdomen, uh, in the armpit. I'm trying to cry. Uh, armpit or the lateral chest wall um, but the problem is the skin so if you don't address the skin if you're just taking the fat out and you get a bit of hanging skin you might mm, don't like that so if you want to cut out skin a bit like the transverse skin excision thing you will give a scar and the problem with the scar is we're trying to hide the scar so we're trying to hide the scar in the armpit but if you hide the scar in the armpit and you the, the, the excess skin's often up onto the chest wall here and so we've got to think, oh, what are we going to do? We're going to cut all the skin out, but then you can make a scar there, especially bilateral. Ooh, scars both sides like that. Ooh, it doesn't look, doesn't look great. So it's like, oh, God, what are we going to do? So in my hands, I often will try and avoid the scar. It depends on how bad it is, how bad the excess skin is. I try and avoid the scar because much as you say, I don't mind scars. I'm like, oh, it doesn't look great. Bilateral, you know, one side you might say, oh, yeah, I've hurt my arm. But bilateral scars can look a bit odd because it's, it's above your bikini. It's above your bra. So try and avoid scars in general in that area, and we should probably just do lipo or try and do a limited excision in the armpit and try and, you know, make the scar hidden. But there's a risk there might be a bit of a bulge of skin there. So it's something we have to have a chat about if that is what you've got. Or you might just have a bit of fat located in your armpit, in which case we just cut it out as normal. But if it is this accessory breast tissue, it's in a funny area. So it needs a bit of, needs a bit of thought, a bit of discussion uh sarah b what you got how long after breast reduction would you do post-op check i'm not local so i'd have to travel to appointments so sarah b you have um a lot of dressings on so first of all sarah b i say to everybody go local so as a rule if you um you know ideally go local is my number one bit of advice so look for someone locally there's lots of good plastic surgeons around if you want to know what to look for in a plastic surgeon well funny you should ask because someone's written a book i can have a copy here my friend okay Never accept a lift from strangers written by this guy here yet. That's him. So, um, but look for a plastic surgeon, BARPS members, BAPRAS, you know, these are how you find plastic surgeons. Uh, but in answer to your question, post-op checks. So you have the surgery, um, try and avoid using drains for breast reductions, but for bigger ones, I sometimes do. You might be an overnight if you've got a drain in, not necessarily though, might be able to go home same day if it's a smaller one. Um, and then normally it will be a week post-op to see Vicky, clinic nurse, to take all your tapes off. You'll have all these tapes on. Now, if you really wanted to, you could do that at home if you're up for it. But you might say, oh, crikey, you no, know, you know, because it is a week post-op. Um, but you could do that at home and then take a photo and give us a ring. But, you know, usually people come to clinic for that, take the dressings off. And then normally the post-ops checks is uh, six weeks. And this is with me now, six weeks. Um then three or four months later, then six months, then 12 months, then yearly. Uh, and then we keep on the checks yearly. Now, to be honest with you, Sarah B, all of those checks can be virtual. We can do video calls, phone calls. Now, I like seeing people. I like seeing you. And obviously, if you've got a problem, if you've got a bump or your scars are a bit red and stuff like that, it's always best to see you or you can send us photos and things. So I will see you for any or all of those. Kelsey, I hope you're putting your feet up. Um, but if you want to, we can do those virtually. Um, so you wouldn't have to travel, especially if you're traveling a long way. So you could um, you could just do those virtually if you wanted to. Um, but that would be the normal post-op regime for uh, follow-ups. 
Corin did say that before. Glad other people think so. Yes, we did have a discussion anyway. JJ, you can do my surgery on video. I give permission. There you go. You heard it, everybody. Vex is given permission. How will how would that work following breast reduction, JJ? What's that now, Corin? The accessory breast tissue. What are you talking about? How would that work following breast reduction? So accessory breast tissue, you would you wouldn't address accessory breast tissue during breast reduction or for or, so you still have it. So you'd have to have that discussion prior to breast reduction to say, what are we going to do with this accessory breast tissue? Are we going to do some lipo to it? Are we going to excise it? Are we going to leave it? So I, I, I assume you're talking about accessory breast tissue. Or are you talking about videoing stuff? I don't know. Would you do arm lift, thigh lift, wobbly neck? I don't do wobbly neck, Bex, sorry. Um, arm lift, thigh lift, yes. Not at the same time, though. People often want that sort of stuff at the same time. Both arms, both legs out are actually at the same time. I don't think that's good. But armless and thyroid, yes, but I don't do wobbly necks. Kelsey is resting. I hope you're okay, Kelsey. I hope you're home. I hope you made it. Well done, you. Get off your social media, Kelsey. Just get a bit of Netflix on. That's what you need to do. Um, that's okay. Two hours away, not the end of the world. Yeah, so you'd have to come for the consultation, although we're doing them like this now, Sarah. But at some point, you, I'd have to see you for a consultation. Then obviously, you'd have to come for the surgery. And then you would um, do the appointment with Vicky a week. And then the other follow-ups would be could be virtual. Obviously, if you've got a problem, we'll see you. No problem at all. But if you haven't got problems, we can do them virtually. Can it be addressed separately after BR with lipo? Yes, it can, Corinne. I think you're talking about accessory breast tissue now. So yes, it can. It can be assessed separately after BR. Absolutely no problem at all. Um, but as I say, the, the, um, the, the thing about um, liposuction is that it doesn't take the skin out. So if you have a bit of extra skin here, that's a discussion we need to have. I'll take it offline, yeah. Uh, Bex, what did Kelsey have done? Hope you're resting up. Oh, God. Don't want to get uh, Bex. I can't. Uh, that's a bit like, yeah. 